This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello. Hey, Jim. How you doing? And Bridget, I'm going to give people a number that I want them to do something about. The number is 147. Now, what's special about 147 is we have a number of families, a lot of families really, that um, help support Catholic Radio through use of their Kroger reward card. Now, we never tell people where to shop. You know, we don't care where you shop. But if you shop at Kroger and if you have a rewards card, it's very simple to register Catholic Radio as your charity. And then every time you use the card, you don't have to mention it at the store. You don't have to do anything special. Every time you buy a can of beans or a gallon of ice cream or milk, whatever it is, Catholic Radio will benefit. Now, the reason I mentioned 147 is uh, the last time we got a check from Kroger, we had over 125 people that uh, were participating, 125 families. And we asked, can we push that up to 150? Oh, wow, we're close. And we almost did, almost did. Uh, We're at 147, so we need at least three more people. It's so easy to do. All you have to do is go to catholicradioindy.org, catholicradioindy.org. You'll see right in the middle, you'll see a big Kroger logo. Click on it. They're just going to ask you for your uh, card number and your name and that sort of thing, and then to pick a charity. And when you do, use all three words, Catholic Radio Indy, Catholic Radio Indy. That's all. You're done. You never have to think about it again. No matter where you shop, no matter what store you shop at, no matter what you buy, Catholic Radio is going to get uh, a little piece of everything you do at Kroger. So we need three more people at least. <laughs> so please be one of those. Don't assume somebody else is going to do it. We need you to do it. So uh, again, CatholicRadioIndy.org. Click on the Kroger logo and you'll be helping us out a whole bunch. Yes, well, today we have a very interesting topic, and it's a very timely topic. I mean, so much has happened um, in our country, in our world the last year, and um, today we're going to be talking about another issue that's happening. Um, We have many, many asylum seekers coming to the United States um, at the border, and there seems to be a surge there of unaccompanied minors crossing the border, and two organizations that are assisting in the humanitarian crisis are here today. Um, Our guests are Simona Rising of Catholic Charities and Cindy Neal of Bethany Christian Services. And we're going to talk all about this topic and how their organizations are helping. So welcome to Faith in Action, ladies. Thank you. We're so glad to be here. Well, let's start, um, Simona, let's start with you. We have had you on as a guest before talking about um, a couple of the ministries you work with, um, anti-trafficking, um, anti-human trafficking ministry, and also the CARE, the CARE coordinator there, which call, which is Catholic Accompaniment and Reflection Experience. So um, talk about the, those ministries that you work, um, what you do in those roles. Absolutely, Bridget. Thank you so much for having us back on. As you mentioned, we were on just a few months ago talking about our anti-trafficking, um, human trafficking ministry, and today we really want to focus on our CARE ministry, and you said it so beautifully, CARE stands for Catholic Accompaniment and Reflection Experience, and that is really working with any of our immigrant brothers and sisters, um, you know, and we just want to accompany them through whatever walk of life they are doing, and that can mean journeying with them um, to an appointment, to a medical appointment, to um, an immigration appointment, and sometimes that means just accompanying 
accompanying them on their spiritual journey as well, um, praying with them, being with their family, helping them understand and acculturate to our culture, to our city. Um, you know, when you get to a new place, it can be, there's so much that happens. And sometimes it's just providing a hot meal um, from another family to yours. Sometimes it's just sitting down with with that family and sharing with them a little bit about, you know, we're glad you're here. Welcome. Um, we're going to do everything we can to make this this transition a little bit easier for you. So that's what the care ministry is all about. So basically being Christ, right? Absolutely. Being Christ yes. to others. I mean, that's our role as, you know, as Catholic Christians. Um, so Bethany Christian services, tell us about that, Cindy. Sure. Thanks for having me today. Um, Bethany is a global nonprofit, and we are dedicating to helping families and children in more than 30 states and more than a dozen countries. We serve vulnerable kids and families around the world because we believe that everyone deserves to be safe and loved and connected. And at Bethany, we are motiva- motivated and guided by our Christian faith, which inspires us to demonstrate the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Wow, that so, is so, so what, what awesome. Kind of, what kind of a presence do you have here in Indianapolis? I mean, obviously you're... Uh, sure. yourself and do you have a organization mm-hmm. here in this city yes we do we have an office in Indianapolis we've been in Indianapolis for more than 30 years and we offer a variety of services all around the idea of family and children from crisis pregnancy counseling to domestic adoption to family preservation programs as well as foster care so um what exactly is the current situation at the border based on your knowledge through your um, organizations. Who wants to take that one? You want to each talk a little bit about it? I'll let Cindy take this one. Okay, Cindy, go ahead. Sure. Um, Well, the the crisis at the border is making lots of headlines now because we are seeing a huge surge in the number of children. But really, the situation at the border is something that's been um, happening for years as part of a displacement crisis from Central America that goes back decades. Um, People are fleeing their home countries for various reasons, um, many of which are complex. Um, I would say what we're seeing currently is um, partially as a result of the previous administration that made it very difficult for people to receive protection in the U.S., regardless of their background or circumstances, which created a huge backlog of of asylum seekers. Um, At that same time, Central America was devastated by two Category 4 hurricanes within a few weeks of each other. Yeah, I read about that. Yes, um, that was in November of 2020. Um, And there have also been spikes um, in gang violence as well in some parts of Central America. Most specifically, the countries that we are seeing people um, seeking asylum from are Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. So, um, how... how frequently are children crossing the border unaccompanied? I mean, what person, I mean, do you have like some idea? Are they just coming by themselves, you know, brother and sister, um, or are some, you know, with a, with a parent or uh, maybe a mm-hmm. other guardian? Sure. So most of the children that we see are, um, by definition, unaccompanied children are children who arrive at the border without a parent or legal guardian. So they could be traveling with a group of other children. They could be traveling with an adult who was hired to guide them. Um, They could have been traveling as part of a family unit that got separated along the way or decided to send send some forward while others remained back. Um, And it is important to point out that the U.S.-Mexico border is currently closed under Title 42, which is a public health crisis. 
Um, however, the Biden administration has said that they would not turn away children who were seeking asylum. And so that is the surge that we're seeing right now. Um, in previous years, there's never been more than 12,000 kids that have crossed the border in a month. But last month, we saw 18,000 children cross the border without a parent or legal guardian. And Homeland Security estimates that we could be seeing anywhere from 18,000 to 22,000 every month from now until at least September. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these children, we are seeing children of all ages, infants up to 17 years old. We're seeing sibling groups. We are seeing um, children with medical needs. We are seeing pregnant or parenting teen mothers. Um, really all types of groups of children who are in desperate need of help. Now, for us who are geographically challenged, uh, <laughs> mileage-wise, how long a distance are we talking about from the U.S. border to where these people come from originally? How, how far is that? Sure. Um, once children arrive here, we do ask them a little bit about their journey. Um, we, of course, know that it's traumatic and difficult, and it may take some time before they're ready to open up or share details. Um, it can take a couple of weeks, up to several weeks, depending on their mode of transportation. Um, children, um, I've heard reports of children walking part of the way, hiding in truck beds, riding in private cars, riding on top of trains, crossing rivers. Um, some children have been turned away at various borders. So a child traveling from Honduras may have been turned away at the Guatemalan border and had to wait and try to cross again. So the journey can take anywhere from several, a couple of weeks to several weeks, um, particularly when you're traveling with young children. And um, we've had a couple of teenage mothers recently who are traveling with infants or toddlers, and their journey took quite a bit longer. Uh, we're talking with Simona Rising um, of Catholic Charities and also Cindy Neal of Bethany Christian Services. And I'm wondering... Um, so what happens exactly once a child crosses the border? Like, what's the process? Mm -hmm. Cindy? So when children, yeah, um, when children cross the border, they declare that they are seeking asylum and they are looking to be reunited with a family member already living in the U.S. These are not children who are trying to sneak across. They are not trying to do anything illegal. Um, they do have the legal right to um, ask for asylum, and the only way to do that is to appear in person. Okay. So the um, Border Patrol, by law, can hold children for 72 hours after they've processed them. What we're seeing right now is children being held much longer than that because there is no place to put them. Um, once that 72 hours ends, typically then Border Patrol would transfer children to the custody of the Office of Refugee Resettlement. Um, the Office of Refugee Resettlement works with agencies like Bethany to find a more appropriate setting for children rather than living in a detention center or a facility um, that was created for, you know, adults um, back in the 80s or 90s. Mm -hmm. So they look to programs like Bethany that can provide safe and temporary homes for children while staff works to reunite children with a family member already in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, Simona, you're with the uh, Archdiocese of Indianapolis here. What is the role of the archdiocese in all of this? This is kind of a national, if not international, I guess it is international, uh, situation. What is the role of the archdiocese? What, what do you do? Thanks, Jim. That's such a great question. Um, we actually work with the Office of Refugee Resettlement as well. We have our own refugee department. We also have an immigration legal department, and so we're really able to assist in terms of legal um, issues that come up around immigration and things and just helping to provide people kind of, um, you know, some status around protections 
um, as Cindy was saying, you know, when you're seeking asylum, you're leaving, you're fleeing for a reason, and so providing some protections around that. So our immigration legal department is wonderful at assessing people's needs. Where are you? You know, what are the needs that you have, and how can we get you on a path to citizenship? Um, so as, you know, the CARE program, we just walk alongside. So sometimes it is connecting some of our brothers and sisters to our immigration legal department. Sometimes it's working with asylum seekers to provide rides, um, you know, to different appointments and things. Sometimes it's just providing a family. We had a family recently um, who needed just furniture. You know, they were sleeping on the floor and needed beds. And so providing through Catholic Charities, being able to serve that need um, through some of the different services we offer and kind of connecting some of those resources. Because, of course, if you don't know what exists, um, you don't have those. So we work sure. with a lot of partners, and Bethany Christian Services is one of our best partners that we work with really closely. And so, you know, helping um, to just educate our families and the parishes that are looking maybe to do something about this issue to become a foster parent to support Bethany Christian Services in a way um, with volunteerism, with being able to transport a family, whatever they're able to do, you know, and that's kind of the partnership that we form. So we're so excited Bethany's here with us today talking about this. Now, Simona, are you, uh, is your organization dealing then with only uh, immigrants or asylum seekers that are here in Indianapolis and in Indiana, or do you go beyond the border of the archdiocese? You know, we really try to focus on Indiana um, because the archdiocese, as you know, every state has their own archdiocese and every state has a different program. Now, CARE is a pilot program here in Indianapolis. We do have um, some complementary programs on either coast. So there is one in San Francisco currently and also in New Jersey. We have some sister companion care programs. Um, each one looks a little bit different. So the one here in Indianapolis is really focused on this accompaniment. Um, so oftentimes our families need rides up to Chicago. So that was kind of the beginnings of this program is really providing that transportation. And, you know, like Bridget mentioned earlier, just being the hands and feet of Christ of being able to provide that support um, and get them so that they are able to become legal, so they are able to seek a path to citizenship. So we do provide that. Um, and we do work, you know, whether you're Catholic or not, we do provide services to anyone. So we really try to mobilize our parishioners in the pews to action, but certainly anyone that comes to our door, anyone who needs assistance, we provide support too. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about helping these asylum seekers and what these ministries are doing and how you can help. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Like the idea of spending a day on a plush green golf course? Our golf outing is coming up on Tuesday, May 25th. If you're a golfer, you'll want to be part of this event for sure. And if you're not a golfer, you're still welcome to participate as a volunteer to help the day run smoothly. To volunteer, call us at 317-870-8400. Registration for individual golfers and foursomes is open right now at catholicradioindy.org. Catholic Radio Indy gives so much hope to those who need it. It's kind of a bright, shining star in the, in the radio today. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio. We are have our guests via Zoom and phone, and we had a little bit of technical difficulty, mm-hmm. but we're, we're good now. Um, and we are talking about the asylum seekers that are seeking asylum here in the United States at the border and what these ministries are doing to help. Um, Cindy, I, I want to ask you, um, 
what exactly is Bethany's role in the transitional foster care of these children? And how, how do you go about helping to reunite them with family members that are already here in the United States? Sure. So Bethany believes that children belong with families. No matter where they're coming from, no matter what their circumstances are, children are best cared for in a family setting, not a detention center or, or large shelter. Um, so children, unaccompanied children can come to Indiana and live with a foster family. Um, during that time, children receive um, legal support, medical care, education, and counseling. Um, we also have staff whose role is to find those children's sponsor, which is most commonly a family member, maybe a mother or father or aunt or uncle, who is already living in the U.S. and to reunite, reunite the child with them as safely and timely as possible. How hard is it to locate their family members, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because if, 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 for instance, if the family member doesn't have a legal status yet, Mm-hmm. They may not, you know, want to share their information. You know what I mean? Is it, is it really hard to track them down? I mean, everyone, because the immigration system is kind of broken in terms of people kind of backlogged. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so most of the time, the family member in the U.S. is aware that the child is on their way. Gotcha. They don't know where they're at or where they're going or when they're going to get here, but they know. Um, the average age of child that we see is between 10 and 12 years old. So those children are, are old enough to have a name maybe even have a city of a state um, and oftentimes a phone number memorized. So when children arrive in Indianapolis, um, we do a a brief intake process, make sure, number one, that they're safe, that they're healthy overall, they don't have any immediate needs, um, and then we ask them if they know where they're supposed to go. And 95% of children statistically do know and are able to be reunited fairly timely. So we do take very seriously... Yeah, we do take very seriously um, the safety of these children. They are considered high risk for trafficking or kidnapping. Mm-hmm. So we do need to verify the sponsor is who they say they are, that they do have a personal connection to the child, um, that they're a safe place um, for the child to go to, and that they have um, you know space in their home. So it does um, sometimes take a couple of weeks to be able to get the child to them. Um, during that time, though, the child is allowed to have phone contact with them every day. And we want to help build that relationship and for the child to feel um, safe and comfortable with that person. Mm -hmm. Now, during that time that you're talking about, the interim between the time they arrive and the time they are reunited with family, are they staying in foster homes or where are they staying during that time? Yes, they're living with a foster family. And these are licensed foster families. This is different from traditional foster care, what you might think of in Indiana with Marion and surrounding counties. Um, These children are under federal custody um, but it is a foster care program, so all families that take in these children have gone through training. Um, we've done due diligence to make sure they can provide a safe home for children temporarily. Um, and during that time, children um, go to school um, Monday through Fridays. We run an education site for them. And during those school hours are when things happen, like meeting with a legal representat- representative, um, getting counseling, attending to any medical needs that child may have and also then working on their case to get them to that sponsor as safe and timely as possible. Now, is, are there steps that people can do if people uh, want to become foster families? They say, I never even thought about it before, but I want to help out with this. Is there something mm-hmm. people can do to get themselves kind of uh, in line to maybe someday down the road uh, take in these uh, children as foster children? Um, I think towards the end of the show, I'm happy to share my contact information, and I would welcome anyone to contact me with questions. 
Um, if somebody has ever considered becoming a foster parent, this is a great time to come forward and do so because the need is so huge. Um, foster parenting is a commitment. I mean, there is a paperwork process as well as trainings that you have to go through. So it is a commitment, but what an incredible way to show hospitality and welcome to a child. Um, as I think about the ages of kids, we most commonly see, you know, these 6, 10, 12-year-olds, some of their formative memories are being developed. And to be part of that and to be a welcoming presence during a time of so much uncertainty um, is really a beautiful thing. So we do a lot to support our foster parents and help them every step of the way. And, and uh, maybe, Simona, you could uh, address, other than foster care, what are some of the ways that people can help? Are you in need of... Uh, uh, furniture, clothing, money, volunteers, what? All of those things, Jim. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think the biggest way that we really like to support Bethany is providing, you know, oftentimes we see groups who are willing to do a drive. And whether it's gift cards um, or even just getting things, like it's just things that are welcoming to a child. So whether it's pajamas or stuffed animals, um, Bethany has some really specific needs for their classrooms that we often see groups do drives for. It can also just be a Spanish Bible or a Spanish prayer book, um, just to give some measure of comfort to that child. And certainly on the care side, you know, we're always looking for volunteers to help us with um, just engaging in this ministry, whether it's just, you know, walking alongside. It can even be just as simple as a phone call once a week to someone who's here who just needs kind of that support, who doesn't really know anyone, just to have kind of someone to check in on them, all the way to, you know, starting a meal train for a family or, um, you know, providing rides and transportation. And certainly we're always looking for volunteers um, to provide donations, to provide monetary donations. Um, if they have furniture or things like that, we're always willing to link them up with one of our partners or link them up with our St. Vincent de Paul, um, who would gladly take those donations because these families do come with nothing. Um, especially these children, you know, sometimes all their belongings are gone by the time they arrive. And so being able to provide them something that's warm and comforting and feels kind of like home is always a huge, huge gift. So now Bethany is actually um, kind of works in partnership with the USCCB, the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops. Do you want to talk about that, maybe how long that partnership has been going? And then I want to make sure that we get to some stories, too, because you'd want to share some of those as well. Sure. Um, so Bethany in Indianapolis has been working with USCCB since 2019. Um, one thing that I think is really important to just remember and think about is how the Catholic Church um, has historically been known for caring for the poor, for the immigrant, um, for those that are in need. And that's a tradition that's continuing today. And so the U.S. government actually looks to the USCCB um, to help place these children. Yeah, and I know that you had some stories you wanted to share, maybe of, um, you know, success stories. And, and, and the other question I have, I'm, I'm curious, how many, how many um, children are looking, are you expecting to, to need homes or foster, foster care homes, you know, in the next, you know, couple months, I guess? Sure. Um, so our contract in Indiana is that we will care for 18 children at a time. So once a child leaves, essentially, a new child could enter our program, which is what we're seeing these days. Okay. Um, last week, we reunited six children, and the next day we were asked to take 10 more. Um, but because of the current need, we have let the government know that we are willing to expand our services to help more children and families. But in order to do so, we need more foster families to help with that. Um, and when I think about the numbers, and I think, you know, we help 18 kids at a time, and then I look at the news and hear that there's 21,000 kids right now waiting at the border, 
it's really easy to feel like our efforts are not significant and to be overwhelmed by the need. But then I remember every one of those kids' faces and names and stories, and that is not something that's insignificant. Every one of those matters. Um, so when I think about my job role, um, I think that there's probably two most powerful moments. Um, one of those being when a child arrives from the border. Um, many of them don't know what Indiana is or why they're here. They don't know if we're there to help them or if we're a form of law enforcement. They really don't know. So they come to our office nervous, often just physically, emotionally exhausted. Um, but it's such a special time to be able to let these kids know that they are safe, that we're here to help them, and that they just get to be kids. They're not a number in a shelter. They are known by their name. We celebrate birthdays. We have parties together. We do all kinds of fun things. So I think of a sweet um, eight-year-old girl that arrived into our program, and she was nervous. And when we talked with her and asked her a little bit about her journey, we asked her how she made it. And she told us that um, as her grandmother was preparing to send her, her grandmother told her that she had to be brave. And so every day this little girl woke up and prayed that God would make her brave for the day. And that's how she says that she was able to make it to the border. Her grandmother had protected her for as long as she could, but as she was getting older, it became more difficult, and local gangs had already made it clear that they intended to harm this little girl. So her grandmother made the really difficult decision to send her to the U.S and hopes that she could be reunited with her mother, which she was, in fact, just a few weeks later. So that's one of the most special moments I think of um, is, you know, being able to greet kids and welcome them and to see them begin to become confident and assured over the course of their time with us. Um, I think another very powerful moment with our program is um, seeing the reunifications, um, seeing that child reunited with a family member or loved one they may not have seen in many years. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of traveling with a child um, while, she, to, while she was being reunited with her family member in Texas. And this was a young teenage girl from El Salvador, and she shared the story of why she came to the U.S. She was walking home from school one day, and a local gang held her by gunpoint, and they threatened her. And they told her that she had a choice to make. She could willingly become their girlfriend, or they could force her to become their girlfriend, and they would kill her. And they told her that she had two days to decide. So this sweet young teenage girl rushed home and told her mom what happened. And her mom scurried to make plans to get this girl to safety, um, which she did. So after several weeks of traveling, waiting at the border, being in a shelter, then arriving into our program, two weeks later we were able to reunite this child with her aunt in Texas. Wow, those are great stories. So for those listening, how can they help? What's the contact information? Sure. Um, they are welcome to call Bethany Christian Services. Our number is 317-578-5000, and they can ask for Cindy. Um, also, my email is cneal at bethany.org. That's Cindy Neal. This has been a very interesting interview. Um, our guests today have been Simona Rising with Catholic Charities and Cindy Neal with Bethany Christian Services. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Bridget. We appreciate it. You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please 
call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at catholicradioindy.org.